1: You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, alongside former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. So county cricket is back. It's our third season on uh, The Cricket Collective. We'll look back at an eventful first round of the championship as Hampshire, Essex and Kent get off to winning starts in Division 1. Hampshire seamer Kyle Abbott joins us to discuss their title ambitions this year and also look at the current state of cricket in South Africa. Leicestershire head coach Paul Nixon joins us to look back at their historic win over Yorkshire at Headingley. And we'll end the show by discussing a winning start for Sussex in Division 2. So, plenty to come over the next hour. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport2. Well, all those talk, all that talk years ago about how the IPL would decimate the county championship, there was no talk about how it would also offer regeneration and fresh life. And I couldn't help thinking, Harmy, that while Joe Root and Harry Brooker are away, Finley Bean will play for Yorkshire, and he did, and he became the first man to score 100. So, yeah, that stood out for me, And th- but there were a lot, as always. Storylines galore. What stood out for you?
2: Yeah, quite a few stood out for me. Great win for Sussex against my club, Durham. Paul Farber's getting off to a winning start. He told us here on the collective a couple of weeks ago that he's there to win, he's not there to you know, try and produce players. He wants his team to get a winning mentality. They got off to a great start. And Leicester, what a fantastic win that was for for Leicester in Henry. Um We'll get more from from Nico in a bit, um, but that was a that's a, a great result and a great start for Paul Nixon. Um, and a lot of talk about Johnny Verstow coming back. Johnny Besto going to come back and keep wicket. Ben Fox is having none of it. He got hundred. He got a fantastic hundred for Surrey. So little things like that, little news reels that will get headlines, um, along with. The ridiculous scorecard at Middlesex and just went nought, 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 nought. And then all of a sudden there was a partnership of about 140. And then there was a, a, another single figure score, single figure score, single figure score, and a nought just to finish it off for, for uh, Middlesex. So there were some fun lines, there were some good lines, but you're right. Great to see County Cricket back. As much as IPL is blasted on our TV, it's good to see County Cricket was on our TV as well. Um, but there's some, you know, some of the fringe England players knocking on doors. They performed. Bowlers performed. Young behind it. Lancashire got a 100, which he went missing last year a little bit. And it was good to see Josh Bannon get off to a good start. So there was plenty of
1: standout lines. You touched on a couple of those games. Let's begin with the defending champions. Surrey drawing with Lancashire. Uh, yeah, Ben Folk's terrific. Um, 76 in the first innings and then the 103 in the second. What about Cameron Steele scoring 100 for Surrey? I mean, they used 22 players in winning the championship last year, um, and they just uh, they just got this production line of, of new players coming out. Ollie Pope bowled his first over in first-class cricket as the game petered out uh, to a draw. So another word on that, and then we'll go to, to Essex against Middlesex because there were lots of good stories in that. That Essex bowling lineup is pretty tasty, isn't it? Uh, Porter Cook, Harmer, Snater and Ben Ellison. They're going to be doing some damage if uh, <laughs> there's a bit of life in the wickets. Absolutely, especially this time of the year. They looked as though there was some some life in a few of
2: the wickets that we've seen on the on the streams over the course of this week. But I'm you know, pleased for Cam Steele, Ashton lad, he's he played for. He played three seasons, I think, two three seasons for Ashington. What well, a lovely, lovely kid he is, really is. And I think he was when he left Durham, he was probably thinking, you know, where's his career going to go? Is he going to continue playing cricket? For a living, you're going to have to try and find find a job. Um, he went over to Australia this winter after being in and out of the Surrey team last year because of international call-ups. He had an unbelievable winter in Australia, and he's come back. Got, he's got the Will Jacks role, that number seven, that bowls a little bit, um, and to start the season 141 in the first K-Championship match of the season. It's a great start for Cameron Steele, so I'm pleased for him because he's always somebody I look for because of his connections with my cricket club. Um, and I'm pleased that Cam's getting off, off to a good start. But I think the headline in that, that game, even though it was a draw, I think the headline was Ben Folks. Yeah, We heard from him last week, talked about external noises and Johnny Bear still coming back and keeping wicket. And Ben Folks did what he normally does, which is, switches everything off, stays calm, not bothered about anybody else. And I'm going to look after myself. And I seen the 60 hit to, to get to that hundred. It was a, you know, it went fantastically well. And he's basically going to say, well, Johnny's got to come back somewhere, but I'm going to make sure he's not coming back in my place. And there's an England selector. That's all you want. And I think that's what Ben Fox has done. It happens to be where the TV cameras were around. Um, so for me, that was the standout from the Lancashire, Sorry, game that an England player, and not only Pope, but England players basically said, if you think my place is on offer, you've got another thing coming. I'm going to prove that. I am England best number seven wicketkeeper. And he just got 100 on TV to prove it.
1: Okay. Um, Essex Middlesex. Um, that was, uh, <laughs> you touched on it. Toby Rowland Jones continues his um, remarkable recent form, seven for 61. He's now got 74 wickets at an average of under 20 since uh, the start of last summer. Um, it's just absolutely phenomenal. But as you said, Middlesex were once four for four um, in their first innings. Should we move on to a couple of other... We've got to uh, plough through these results. The whole of the first day in Taunton was washed out, wet outfield. Somerset draw with Warwickshire. Somerset, uh, I suppose, hanging on uh, in the end in their second inning. So there was never likely to be a result. They did talk about moving the game to Edgbaston. But um, that was uh, that was quickly um dismissed as a as a concept i think it would have meant that uh somerset ended the season with three away games so but jack leach bowled 29 overs four for 119 sam hayne got another hundred he's just a relentless uh, run machine and i also want to talk about kent beating north Amps by seven wickets ben compton we spoke to him after his golden start to last summer and uh he's he's off again um unbeaten 114 to steer them home to victory
2: Yeah, it's good to see Compton scoring runs again. A lot of people, you know, the likes of George DeBell and one or two others have said that, you know, Compton, is is he an outside chance of an opening batter spot if it comes comes available? But Zach Crawley, the thing I liked about Zach, he got 91, but he got them off, I think he got them off about 150 balls, And that, for me, if I'm in Zach Crawley's ear, I'm saying to him, don't, Forget this ball going back in it and hitting it. Go back into these five or six first-class matches, just bat for a long time. You'll score runs. You'll score runs. But if you bat 150 balls, you will score runs. You'll score 100. Your natural game is that. But make sure you stay there. You occupy the crease. Learn to get through t- typical periods. Learn to then dominate. Learn to then go back into what is potentially a decent spell of bowling. And I think that is something that Zach's probably missed over the course of the last year yeah, and a bit because he's been constantly playing 1st air in Test Match cricket. So he needs to get himself some runs because of the pressure is on Zach Crawley. But if he bats for 150 balls in innings, like he's done with Ben Compton a couple of times, all of a sudden he is going to get a boatload of runs because his natural game will get him to score runs. So I'm pleased to see Zach scoring runs because England are a better team with a... Confident and so runs scoring Zach Crawley because he gets you off to a quick start. Well, at, at the minute, you know, before this game, he hasn't looked like scoring a run. So that's hopefully what's going to happen over the course of the f- next five, five or six games. Sam Hearn for me is he's turned into Hildreth from from Somerset. He's turning into one or two of these other these other players that turns them out in first class cricket, but for some reason they're just not going to get picked, and I don't know why. I've I not seen enough to, to have that sort of full opinion. But England and Bangladesh only went with four batsmen. Sam one-day record is ridiculous in domestic um, list-day cricket. And he wasn't with any IPL franchise. He wasn't with any of the franchise tournament. And I'm thinking, well, why does it not just take Sam the to Bangladesh, that most to the batting unit, and have a look at him, like they were going to do with Tom Abel? That tells me they might think there's something not there that they feel as though team with international cricket If he keeps getting hundreds and keeps knocking on the door, they're going to have to listen to him eventually. So it's good to see fringe players, players that we talk about week in, week out, who score runs, knock on international national doors. They're doing it from the day one of the season because it's an Astros year and who knows what could happen. So I'm pleased for Sam, please Jack got some some overs under his belt. I'd love to see Zach Crawley just continuously bat for time. Just bat for time because you'll naturally get them runs. I know it's not his natural game. But if he, the longer he bats in the middle, the more fluid he gets with these movements, the better he will become. Come when the business time comes, which is later on in the summer when the ashes come around.
1: It's a team game, Harmony, isn't it? I mean, the, the point is that he can he can play glory cricket. He can go out and open the batting in baseball style when he's got playing for England and he's got all those other stars in the in the top six or seven. But you know, when he's playing county cricket, he's playing for a different team. He's got a different job to do, and he needs to recognise that. Absolutely, one hundred percent. But it's also for him as well. It's like I always felt when I went
2: back to Durham, it was oh, I need to bowl overs, I need to get, you know, the miles into my legs, but I need to take wickets. And that was my job. My, my job is a a strength bowler, so i never really bothered about the run rips, never bothered about going for boundary here, boundary there. But if I got five foot and went at floor and over, my team would win. I knew my team would win if I did that. So I always went back with that mindset, mindset as well as learning how to bowl the first six overs with a new ball and learning how to blow a tail away because that was my job. My job was to bowl quickly or aggressively and knock a tail over. And if you did that for your team, you, one, you got confidence by taking wickets. Two, yeah, the mindset of when it comes to the business time, which is this is my role, it doesn't change when you go back to playing international cricket. You just do it against better players but you still get into that, the confidence, I've done it earlier in the season, I've done it time after time after time for Durham, then when it comes internationally, you just have to nail it that little bit better because you're playing against better cricketers. So from a Zach point of view, if he can just bat, for like he did in this, in this game, if he bats for 150 balls, he will score more than 91. But if he bats 150 balls next week, he might get 100. If he bats 150 balls a week after, he might get 120. You know what I mean? And he gets that, that, for me, that would be what I'd be saying to Zach is. The basketball stuff needs to be parked to one side. It's not having a net in the middle, but it's kind of staying in the middle for a long period of time to get fluid with my movements. Because when I play the next level up, I've still got to bat for 150 balls. I've still got to move same way, but I've actually got to do it a bit quicker and a bit sharper because the bowlers are better. And that is just grooving your, your technique and getting it ready for for the Test matches coming ahead. Everybody wins, because if he does that, that's 150 balls for Kent every week. Kent shouldn't then get beat, because he'll get them onto a total, which is competitive.
1: You're listening to the Cricket Collective on Talksport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. Interesting that Nottinghamshire easily won Division 2 and promotion into Division 1. Hampshire, of course, spent last summer competing for the the title throughout the summer before being pipped at the post uh, at the end of the season. And it was interesting that um, people ask, is there really much difference between Division 1 and Division 2? You'd have to say yes on the result of this. Hampshire beating Nottinghamshire comfortably by eight wickets on day three. Uh, Fletcher Middleton scored a half-century in both innings to guide Hampshire to that victory. But Mohamed um, <laughs> Abbas and Kyle Abbott are a phenomenal pairing um, along with the left arm and Keith Barker. So um, that's a, that's a f- formidable attack. The game made the headlines um, not the way Hampshire played or for Ben Duckey scoring runs but because the umpires called tea with one run required <laughs> on day three but they did take the extra 15 minutes so you know um, the umpires say well look you know <laughs> rules are rules regulations are regulations we gave them the extra 15 minutes they were one run short and the scones were, were waiting so <laughs> off they went but no really I mean powerful powerful performance we'll hear from Kyle Abbott in just a moment but Hampshire are going to be contending again, aren't they? Yeah, Hampshire are
2: definitely going to contend. The one thing I looked at this year, man, as before it started, I was intrigued by to see who was going to play in the bowling units because bowling units, both of them were going to be really, really strong. You mentioned Abbas Abbott and, and Keith Parker, but you look at you look at the nuts bowling lineup. up and I'm good to see Ollie Stone playing first-class cricket, fit enough to play and go in that. But then you look at Luke Fletcher, who... There's a a quality seamer at this time of the year when the wickets have got a bit in it. And in Patterson as well, they're a good good solid bowling unit has Nottinghamshire got. But unfortunately, where Hampshire had won over them from a first division point of view is the batting wasn't up to it from Nottinghamshire's point of view when it comes to how good a Bass is in these conditions. Yeah, Ben Duckett, he got a 50, but there wasn't much. There wasn't really much else that, that helped Nottinghamshire's cause um, against yeah, a quality unit, I never thought this game was going to be a, a high run scoring affair. Not because of the surface, because of the 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 quality of the attack that's on at this time of the year. So, I could only see Surrey, Lancashire, and Hampshire contesting the first division, and they'll be the first, the top three. They've all got decent bat units, but they've all got a fantastic bowling group. Not just uh, Hampshire did well last year on three or four bowlers. Surrey did well with. You know, a whole host of players that played. But I think bowling lineups as a whole, Lancashire, Surrey and Hampshire are probably the ones that have got the best. So that'll be the, the ones that'll be
1: the top three in the league. Surrey and Hampshire are the Oval on Thursday. That's uh mouth-watering prospect. OK, Um. before the game, Kyle Abbott spoke with our very own Scott Taylor. Uh, after two misses in the last two seasons, he's been di- discussing how confident they are to go one better this time around
3: we've come so close and and we've learned a lot and it's something that can either knock you back or or give you give you more wind in your sail and I think it's certainly done that for us the the motivation uh, going into into the season is is exactly the same and if not more than what we have had and yeah we've we've learned along the way um it's come down to sort of crucial sessions here and there that we've lost not necessarily losing the entire game but just sort of th- key sessions that, that we've let ourselves down and have led to uh, losing games where we probably either should have drawn or, or even won them so that's the fine margins, there's what's it 8, eight other teams out there that are equally as good, um, even some maybe better than us so um, we know we've got a tough season and, and the importance to, to win those crucial sessions is, is going to be
4: vital in, in going forward well, the rules have changed this year. They've gone back to five points for a draw. What was your reaction when you first heard that? Because there's a lot of people that say, "Oh, we're going to go back to green-seeming wickets for a fast bowler. You must, your eyes must have lit up." Yeah, um,
3: you know what? I don't get too involved in the in the old points and that. Uh, I know the the batting points have have changed a bit now. I just look to try and win a game. I just think, well, if you win the game, you're going to get the points. So, um, I'm I'm not one to kind of scrutinise bonus points here and there. But uh, in saying that, two years ago we lost we lost the championship by by a point or yeah. so. So, it is all important. Um, but I think that's that's it's good from from the ECB to have, have lowered those points for uh, for draws. Um, you obviously want to keep people entertained and and coming to watch four day cricket. So. Hopefully, going forward, that's going to change mindsets of teams to look for look for wins um, out of possible draw situations to to get those extra points. And yeah, possibly a, a twelve months too late because I think we would have wrapped up the the championship by September with all our wins last year um, and other teams drawing. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. But uh, yeah, as I said, nothing um, I worry about too much. Um, besides, just trying to trying to get the full full points for for winning a game.
4: You talk about the change of mindset, and in the ECB now, there's a lot of talk about basketball and England's new style of cricket. Are you expecting the openers to come at you harder this season uh, and play more positive? I
3: kind of, I kind of hope so. I think it's something very difficult to do early on here uh, in England, especially April May. Um, but I think what people are getting so caught up in is um, they think it's a slogging game, where it's actually a mindset. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how 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 people go about it, and what what we also got to realise is the the guys doing that at England level, the roots the Stokes, um, Best, those those sort of players are, are highly skilled. Um, they are the best in the world, and have the ability to do that. So yeah, if the county, if County batsmen want to want to come at us like that, one or two might come off, but um, it's going to be interesting to see.
4: There's been a lot of talk this summer, particularly because of the Ashes, the amount of Australian players coming to county cricket. You see Steve Smith coming over, a couple of others have come around the counties. Now, just give us an insight into what it's like being an overseas player. What have you learnt from being around this young group of players? Do they sort of swarm to you? What can you offer them, etc.? Um, probably the wrong person to ask because I, I've been here sort of so long now yeah, that like,
3: I, <laughs> that I've almost almost feel like a, a local yeah. and um one or two one or two of conversations i have to stop guys and say just remember i'm the other overseas <laughs> yeah. so They say oh we're getting mo i wonder who the other overseas is i'm like well it's me which i suppose is quite nice that um guys don't see me uh as as an outsider and yeah. and, and more as one of their own yeah. um but i think senior player um sorry um overseas or not mm. i think uh, the responsibility i carry as a as a senior player now who is who's played a lot of cricket over the, sort of the last fourteen to fifteen years. Um, has a huge influence on the on the youngsters, and really tried more so in the last couple a couple of years to um, spend a bit more time with with the second team and and especially in the bowling unit mm. to try and pass down a little bit of knowledge because obviously they are they the next ones stepping up yeah. once the, the likes of myself and Barks and and Mo leave in possibly the next couple of years. So. If we can can leave cricket and leave those those guys in a better place here for Hampshire, yeah, probably job would have been done.
4: Now you talk about being in South Africa back in the winter. What's it been like from the outside looking in, seeing the changes in South African cricket the SA twenty introduced mm. Chicry Conrad now coming in as head coach. Mm. What's it been like looking into that setup as a as a former South Africa player?
3: Yeah, um obviously the, the way the the S A twenty went was was pretty um was pretty remarkable to be quite honest I've never seen crowds there like that for a domestic game as I mean as long as I've I've ever played perhaps one final that I played in in Newlands in 2011 other than that playing domestic cricket in South Africa we just never got those those crowds so um, I mean huge credit to to Graeme Smith and and everyone uh, involved in that Um, so yeah that that was excellent to see but uh, also got to remember that cricket South Africa didn't have an awful lot to to do with that from what i understand it was it was Graeme Smith and the indian owners coming in the rpl owners so the the state of south african cricket I, th- I think is is probably in the balance um they they most definitely don't play enough cricket at first class level uh, especially four day stuff they play seven games thrown in with a, a few um 50 over games here and there so they they need to do that uh, they well they need to get more cricket being played at first class level um so It's a tough job for any coach um, in any situation, but I think South Africa has got its own challenges within itself. Um, But they've got two guys there, uh, Shukri and Rob Walter. Um, I know Rob... Um, from from a while ago so they've got two guys that know the system um and and know how everything works there so if it if cricket wasn't a good ha- in good hands um it would be with with them at the moment
4: yeah and the fact that there is crowds at the sa 10 20 proves that the love of cricket is still there in south Africa it just needs to probably be mm. marketed a little bit better which is probably above your your paid rate mm. but do you think it's disappointing that the test side they only play two match series they play not a lot of Test cricket where they've got a generation of fast bowlers. You were included in that b- before of of Kigiso and Anrich mm. Nokia, those guys. That's not playing enough Test cricket.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Even even someone, a good friend of mine, Dean Elger, I mean, he he probably. Won't put on a, a South African jersey again till near the end of the year. Yeah, Boxing um, Day, f- yeah, from what I understand. So, I mean, for for a Test cricketer not to be playing for majority of the years is, is is pretty poor, and I, I'm not entirely sure where that comes from. If, if that's RCC or if that's cricket South Africa, who does the scheduling? Um, but even that against the West Indies, most of those games were starting in the middle of the week when everyone was at work. Um, so th- there's small things that 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 probably could have been changed with that, even if. It was starting on a Saturday and you got two days of good crowds. It's better than yeah. not having anyone for four days. So, yeah, that, that's obviously something that could be looked into. But again, I don't know who does the scheduling and um, sort of where the, I say where the fault lies, but where the responsibility lies. Because I think everyone carries a huge responsibility in ensuring that we maintain test cricket and, and first-class cricket um, in the same, at the same time.
4: Now, just finally back, back mm-hmm. to yourself, as, as a senior pro do you goal set at all or is it just a case of take each game as it comes and hope at the end of the season by doing that the short term goals have paid off in the long term
3: Yeah, interesting one I've never been um, one for for really setting goals and setting out to take 50 wickets a season or to, to do uh, anything like that I think my my biggest thing is for me is just to every game sort of stay true to myself and I've always had this thing of, of Of having the worry or the fear of actually being embarrassed on a a cricket field by bowling badly, so that's kind of a motivation for me. I'm just like, well, just don't embarrass yourself. Like, just get the job done, do your job. So, yeah, I know if if I do that and I do my job alongside uh, Barks and Mo as the bowling unit, we will take wickets and and we'll win games. And um, the way we foiled each other uh, over the last couple of years has been excellent. And it's it's kind of that maturity now at the uh, stage of my career where I know that if if Box gets off to a fly and takes fifteen twenty wickets in the first three games, the cycle will turn. Come July, that will be my turn, and it it just works like that. So um, I know if we if we do our jobs and stick to the basics, we'll we'll hopefully do pretty well again.
4: We're, well, we have a co-host on Sports, Steve Harmison, who's probably famous for <laughs> a ridiculously wide delivery, and he's yeah. he's very good to joke about it. He does yeah. joke about it a lot, but. <laughs> Do you, do you talk about the fear of embarrassing yourself on the cricket pitch? do you think over time you've learnt to dealt with that and then maybe the lack of crowds in South Africa playing first class probably didn't help when you then come to a full packed stadium and you might mm. shrink a little bit
3: Yeah um, that's an interesting question because yeah, once, once you're in front of a crowd I mean yeah. anything can happen and, and playing international cricket does funny things to people, pressure does funny things to people but in, in saying that I have quietly always always backed myself, um, I realized i 've got a, a limited set of skills um, I can bowl straight and and i can I can bowl long spells and and uh, have long days and and that 's kind of what i 've really uh, tried to nail down through my career i haven 't been blessed with pace and that, but the limited skill sets i 've had I feel like I, I operate with them pretty consistently and, and for long periods of time so once I got into those into those situations, and that I knew I could I could handle myself as long as I did what what I've trained myself to do. So, um, yeah, I always managed to get through. And and yeah, sitting here a couple of years down the line, uh, something must have worked. It's Kyle Abbott speaking to our very own Scott
1: Taylor. A lot of interesting things there. He does speak very well. I've known Kyle Abbott for a long time, and uh, he's a he's a smart guy uh, with strong views, strong opinions, but modest at the same time. I'm, I was really intrigued, actually, to hear him talk about still being motivated by not embarrassing himself on the on the cricket field. He's thirty five years old. He's been in the top five or six bowlers, uh, you know, for for the last six years for Hampshire. He's starting his seventh season now. Is that a real thing? Why well, he, he goes out there hoping not to embarrass himself? Yeah, I don't,
2: I don't get that. To be honest, I understood him. he was like twenty one year old, but like you're like you're he's like thirty five, so. No, he's been a phenomenal bowler uh, for Hampshire when he's played, and yeah, some people do have this—the anxieties of, I think, the nervousness of going out and performing in front of a group of people. Whether it's Twenty Twenty and a big crowd, first-class cricket, not a very big crowd in national cricket, it's a, a massive crowd. But I think sometimes you use that to the your effect, the best for you because if you're always nervous going out there, you switch that off for the minute umpire says play and the game starts and you go into a game mode where your just natural instinct takes over and some people need that nervousness it's like excitement at the same time to perform and you know to keep saying he's embarrassed he, and if he thinks he's going to embarrass himself every time he goes out there he needs to keep that going because he's done a wonderful job for a Hampshire down there on the south coast and could, it be this? Yeah. could it be this yeah it could it be this yeah it could You just you just never know there wasn't much it's a bit like City and Liverpool on the Premier League. And I think they have had a sniff a couple in the last couple of years. Last year just not good enough. This year, you just you just never know. Bowling points go there where tossers go there where um they'll certainly be up there and it would be begrudge them because I think they're producing a, a, a canny side, a good bowling attack. If they can get the runs on the board then they've got a great chance of not just winning cricket matches but winning the division.
1: Kyle Abbott also talked himself down a bit there. He said he's not blessed with uh, many skills. He's, he knows his skill set. He, he said he doesn't have great pace, but he can bowl long spells. But I remember many years ago, he had this delivery that uh, used to absolutely perplex batsmen, the right-hander. who's was the away-swinging off-cutter. It was one that just sort of began to shape away and then nip back and sort of hit the top of off-stump. Absolutely unplayable. And it, we, he'd produce it from time to time, you know. The <laughs> batsman would just walk off shaking his head. And when I asked him, how, how did you bowl that ball? He just shrugged his shoulders and said, I'm not sure. You just <laughs> run in and hope. How much truth is there in that? I mean, it, it, it was a ridiculous ball and he couldn't really explain it. But every now and then he'd have this delivery that just shaped away, just began to shape away and then nip back <laughs> between bat and pad. How, how often did that happen to you? You'd bowl a ball and think, wow, not sure how that happened. Yeah, quite a few, to be honest. Yeah. Quite a few goodens and
2: baddens as well, man, as I'm not taking credit for just the goodens. But no, as a bowler, you do you you put on you know the surface you put it on, you find an area to hit, you feel as though that is the business area in the game. And you hit it as hard as you can. And if you've got the seam in the right position, then he has Jimmy Jimmy bowl, Jimmy bowls like that. He bowls that ball quite quite regular, which the way the seam is cantered towards sort of first slip, just angled away and going with a shape and Kyle kind Abbott of it does the same that if it does just catch the bottom of the seam on a surface, which he's got a bit in it, it can nip back because the angle of the seam is facing. Yeah. You know, as it, as it's going towards sort of shaping towards first slip, if it does have any, any lateral movement in the pitch, it can hit the, the bottom corner of the seam as it hits the ground. And it, there's a good chance the way the seam is, uh, is being projected and it will nip back because that's the way the angle of the seam is at that, specific time the ball going into the ground so a lot of the wear swing bowlers bowl have that ball in them it's not something I think they consistently know it's going to happen but what they do know is that if they get it quite if they get it right in a surface which has got something in it the ball will nip back because of that's the way the seam is pointing at that time and I so say Anderson had it Anderson's got it beautifully and, and Abbott seems to have it as well
1: you're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and two-time county championship winner Steve Harmison. Next up, we'll be joined live by Leicestershire head coach Paul Nixon um, after they pulled off that brilliant first win in 18 months by beating Yorkshire in thrilling style at Headingley.
0: Ready to pop the question?
1: You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed, now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. OK, time to talk Leicester. We've got Paul Nixon joining us live. Leicestershire, I'm sure you haven't missed it, but if you did, they chased down 389 in the fourth innings to beat Yorkshire at Headingley in a first-class game for the first time since 1910 absolutely brilliant performance Peter Hanscom scored 112 and 68 not out to guide them to victory Nico I, I don't know how <laughs> you saw it but it looked from the outside looking in that Yorkshire pretty much bossed the game and yet they lost which I don't know how that makes you, you feel but I I'd feel incredible credit even more credit than if you had actually bossed the game but to, to come from behind on the last day to win it, fantastic.
5: Yeah, thoroughly delighted, thanks. It was a, a huge collective performance. Um, we, it was a good toss to win because it was, it was very damp to start with. Obviously, there has been a lot of rain. We, yes, it helped when you on the wicket, but the outfield was pretty wet. And to be fair, the umpires did the right thing we had to start. Otherwise, we'd have been the same for the whole day. So it was a good decision from them. Our ball got very soft very early, and we probably balled a little bit too short and uh, and Yorkshire played nicely young Finley Bean got a brilliant 100 and then David Milan who we know how good a player he is uh, he really hit the ball cleanly uh, got a brilliant 130 so we were up against it 517 they got which is a cracking score but it was a short boundary one side it was quick scoring outfield even though it was damp the square there now over the, whole, over the whole ground a bit like the open. so it's very quick and the key thing was getting past the follow-on uh, which which we did brilliantly Um and, you know, we then set the game up. Our law order played nicely and got us past that follow on. Um, we've had a, a few issues, obviously with uh, Abdullah Shafiq was going to be our overseas pro. And then at the last minute, he got picked for T20. So uh, we had to get somebody else, Peter Hanskin, we, we knew had an English passport as well. We, we could make a decision later because of visa issues uh, that, that he wouldn't have been a pommy. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, it, worked, it worked really well. Um, and, um the decision making, the calmness for long periods of time was was terrific and really pleasing. That because um, we haven't been away on pre season, so we are short of cricket. We've had games washed out against North Ends. Um We've only got one day's playing, and then we get same against Notts at their place. And then Leeds Beckett University game three day game was, was was a washout. So we were really short of cricket. So to produce that straight away was just delighted. Yeah, Nick, I just want to touch on that
2: because. We can, you can go into the ins and outs of individuals and well what the game was and how the, the surface was and who got what runs and, and where for, but you as a head coach, you sit there at the start of the pre-season and you set your goals, you set your targets, and then normally go by lunchtime on day one, but <laughs> but how how important is it with that result? We mentioned first time at Yorkshire I hadn't been here since 1910. I'm going for 18 months. You as a head coach, you're sitting there yeah, you know, you've been to Pakistan, you've been you're know, coaching throughout this sort of off season with your team's Leicester. The players sit in front of you in preseason, and you have to make them believe that by the end of the season we are going to do something special. What does this result mean? Go to
5: Henley and win in the very first game and what does it do for your season? A great question. Well we have to, we have a we have to change perception of where Leicestershire is. Yes, we finished bottom of the league last year without a win. But there was so much growth that we had with individuals. We had the second youngest squad in the country. We, you know, had an overseas with Buren Hendricks, We signed last minute to try and bolster the squad, didn't go as well as he'd like to have gone. We know that the standard and the, the way we practice and the way we train. And our mantra is to be the hardest working, most caring cricket team. Um, I think we've got close to it in the past, but I think this last um, six months we've we've nailed it and um, made good signings. We're a lot more mature now as a group our expectations are higher as a group because of the way we've trained and the hard work we've put in and and the chemistry, is a good chemistry in this squad, you know it's like when you're playing winning teams you need a chemistry and these lads get on well on the pitch and, and get on really well off it so that that's crucial, you know we've used Loughborough University as much as we can, that's a great you know, Loughborough University, the, the ECB's headquarters for high performance centre there is magnificent, we can get full ballers run-ups slips in, keeper in Fields and um, take over the whole place, which is amazing. We've had Dips Patel, our second team coach, has also done a bit of work coaching Loughborough. So we get loads of their ballers in to help us out. We put consequences on the wickets a lot more. So, you know, so it means more. Um, and we just, we want to be the club talks about running foxes. We're running, we're running forwards. We're in a good direction. And that's, you know, we've all got that responsibility to do that. So, you know, we've worked well. We've worked seriously hard. And there's good trust in each other in each other's games. And it's now, having that calmness in the moments that help decision-making being, being correct. And, um, you know, we got, we've got a great man in Peter Hanscom now uh, who's here before Jinka Rihanna gets here and uh, who, who filled in for Abdullah Shafiq. Uh, Peter's a great man. We know he's been around. He's a leader. And our younger group needs leaders. And um, having him, he's batted sort of top three in the past. I felt that his, his week-keeping skills were good enough. And to have a keeper batter of his Leadership quality in his and his class, having him bad at five, you know, could, if you can keep your world class players away from a new ball for a bit longer, then you've got great chances of scoring big runs, and you know they're the engine room in that in that area. So, um, Peter's been brilliant; he's slotted in incredibly well. Uh, you know, 170 in his first game, 170 ready in his first game is just different level.
1: I'm still digesting the fact that he's got a British passport. I'd like to know how many Australians know that.
5: Um, <laughs> yeah interesting
1: <laughs> actually i wanted to ask you about uh rishi patel and um and ahmed you know there's not too many leg spinners who do well at the beginning of april but i mean he, i guess he went for sevens didn't he um but but then he made 85 and his people were wondering about whether he does have genuine pretensions uh to be an all-rounder and that, i guess that's a, an an early answer to them but we spoke to you last year and you had such great high hopes of Rishi Patel and, you know,
5: and he's kicked off with a 100. Yeah, Rishi, we had a really tough decision to make. Um, Rishi had a wonderful winter, worked hard, needed to work hard on his fitness and get fitter. Uh, we signed Rishi at the time when um, you know, we, we, we looked at our analytics and Rishi was leading a run score in second division cricket, sorry, second team cricket um, down at Essex. They had a good side, they were winning everything and he never got the opportunity. We felt he could have. His boundary percentages were high, so which meant he could dominate in one-day cricket as well. And at Leicestershire, you know, we have to have pe- people that play all formats, and um, you know that was one of the reasons that Hassan Azad was no longer with us. Signed Saul Budinger from Nottinghamshire to to play all formats. So Rishi plays all formats. We believed him a lot last year. He probably didn't get the runs he would have liked, and we would have liked. But again, it's great learning. For young players, as long as you back them, they, they learn a lot. And um, Rishi's, he you know, was a tough call between between him and um, and Sam Evans, who did pretty well towards the end of last season. So uh, we had some tough conversation with Sam um, and it was brilliant when Sam sent an amazing message on our group, uh, WhatsApp, um, after Rishi's 100. But um, you know, every action has a reaction as a coach. You know, it's always tough to keep that ship sailing as well and keeping the chemistry of the players when people get, Left out and play, so yeah, delighted for Rishi. I mean, the shot he got is hundred. He's, he's a ninety nine. His slog swept uh, right to the back of the Western Terrace it was an unbelievable. Don best, unbelievable shot to get his hundred. So it shows the belief he's got in his, himself in his game. He had a great winter, he went to India for a while as well. Came back and he's and he's virtually batted every day since. So we challenge him on how how much he batted last winter in his practice, and he's come back and um, and just been gold fox standards. Rihan, you know, he's um prestigious talent. People still haven't seen his batting yet. I promise you, this this lad, he'll bat number five in one day cricket for England. Four or five in one day cricket for England. I've got no doubt. He yes, he's got work to do. He's just come out of school. He's eighteen, nineteen years old, you know. It, I mean, to be the youngest in all three formats for his country, it has to be special. Um, and he's gonna have tough times. And and the stars did align, I think, with I've mentioned in interviews that other coaches, other captains wouldn't, wouldn't have picked him for England at that particular time, but what Brendan saw in him and Stokesy saw in him, uh, he's wonderful and, and, and fair play to them. They gave him an opportunity at the right time for him and the right time for their team on turning pitches in a confident side when they were winning. So that was wonderful. He's still going to have tough times. We've talked about that. You know that, that was great learning from him at Yorkshire. You know, A cold morning, a wet ball, trying to spin it big. <laughs> Um, a short boundary on one side it's a slow <laughs> pitch you ball just back of a length and you get smashed and you know with the likes of Live being you know Wharton, Milan Shy Hope Shay Hope is a, is a high class player He played beautifully on the back foot so um you know some serious players there and um if you get it wrong you get it you're gonna go so but he wants to ball and actually fair play when you talked about the 85 there uh he, he had to go in we were gonna have a second night watch and um he said, no, Nico, I want to go on bat. I want to go on bat. There's only a few. I want to go on bat. You've got a score runs. I've got to go back. bat. So he could have quite easily waited overnight and, and, and slept on it and got out in the morning when, when he knew he was going to go on bat. But he didn't. He wanted to go and face the hard time, the tougher bit, mentally tougher bit at the end of play, where they're buzzing. They've just taken two or three quick wickets and he stood up and, uh, and showed great leadership. Probably
2: the most important thing is to follow it up with another win. You've got a Derbyshire. You've got Derbyshire this week. Uh, and you know, first time you've won in eighteen months. You know, the message, second game of the season, it's got to be completely different to the message at any point last season, probably.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Listen, we've got great learnings from it, but that's gone. It's right here, right now, and we've we've got to have that flexibility and that open mindedness to to know our home surface. We are we're confident our home surface now. We've got we're brilliant with our Andy our groundsman. We're going to see slightly different pitches at Grace Road which is going to be interesting for opposition when they come here. And we've got to have a brand of cricket at home that, that we know is strong for us. So sometimes as a coach, you, you sit back and you analyse and you watch as well. You watch a lot how the guys are. And it's interesting, actually, when, you, when you're when a, a club that have got you know, less money than Test Match Grounds, I watch a lot of players who are on the periphery of first-team cricket in the bigger clubs. I find those guys are a lot more confident and a lot more bullish because they're, they're they're around the Joe Roots, the Johnny Bay the World lives, you know, the Milans. I think sometimes they're they have inflated confidence that can harm them a little bit. Where I think with the other way, we have to be working like we have Just to be. Just what they are. They call big time, Charlie's. Yeah, they can be. Yeah, they can be. You know, they can be, and it's um, you know, I I really saw that this this week, and um, yeah, it's 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 great for us because because it, it fires our guys up. You know, we want to prove people wrong. We always talk about back to back. You know, you win trophies, you win championships, you win great. You know, you win competitions with back to back performances. And um, yes, it's great learnings, but we go back to back. It's gives us great confidence. Yes, but we go back to back. So yeah, a young, young, exciting group. Uh, we, we're desperate to do well at home. We haven't done well enough at home. You know, I feel for our home supporters. One of our supporters came back with me. He's getting the train back. He's getting back in about midnight. So I brought him back home after Headingley. And um, it's interesting to know there. Perception of where we are and what we're doing and whatnot as well, which is which is great. So we've got some big challenges ahead, but we've you know we started well. We have just got to we've got to nail the basics. We've got to have you know world class basics. That's what it's about.
1: Nico, can I just ask you on a different subject? There's obviously two months to go till the Ashes, and there's a lot of cricket to flow under mm-hmm. the bridge. But what do you make of uh, the Ben Folks Johnny Besto situation? With I mean, Folks made seventy and a hundred against Lancashire on a, a televised game. Um, And Johnny has said that uh, when he is fit, he would like to keep wicket for Yorkshire. There was talk about him maybe opening the batting. Brendan McCullum has said he's got to come back into the team. It's an interesting situation, Bubbling.
5: It is. And how good is that to have that? You know, it's wonderful. Gosh, I'd love that in my team to have that sort of competition like that. But um, yeah, you know, having seen Johnny at close quarters the last few days, had some good chats with him. He's he's still living a lot. He's still got, for me, he wants to be back in no time, but he's. His limp was, you know, really prominent. So, yes, he was running, but he was really with a limp and even almost walking with a limp. So, there's still a bit of good work to do, uh, which he was doing every day and and fair play to him with the strength and conditioning coach and physio department. But, um, folks, he's he's a competitor. He's a winner. You know, he's got great standards. His batting's getting better and better. For me, Johnny has to play as far as batting for sure. Whether, folks, he keeps, for me, I would open the batting with him. Uh, is my is my view? I think he, you know, look what he did. It was in Trent Bridge last year. I mean, just incredible that innings he played. For me, I would open the batting with him. I really would. I know probably Johnny wouldn't like to open the batting, um, <laughs> but I think technically he's, a, he's he's incredible. He's tight. He plays straight. His hands are close. To his back hip. His head's in a great place. And when he gets in, you know, he can hit your best ball out of the ground. And his belief yeah. is unbelievable. And. Um, to have Johnny Bairstow in that team, England are a stronger team, I think. And just
2: finally, Nico, for me talking about the, the sort of England and the international stuff. There's no football World Cup. It's only going to be cricket this summer. Mm-hmm. You're at the sharp end, not at the sort of you've mentioned a Test county. But how important is it that this Ashes goes off brilliantly for for cricket in in general? Because I would imagine Leicestershire
5: will benefit if England do win the Ashes. Yeah, everybody does, don't we? You know, that's where it's that's where it's about. We're here, we're here to produce England players. And um, you know, it's always a joy when England player well, the brand of cricket they're playing, having been in Pakistan for two and a half months pre Christmas, even Pakistan who were getting beat, were are actually buzzing about it. And actually watching the counties around the counties, you know, in our game it was it was five and over constantly for the whole game. So, you know, that, that, that brand of cricket people enjoying, putting balls under a bit more pressure. Yes, it can be slightly high risk, but um the way guys practice and train now, it's it's you know, it's there to be done the no matter white more cricket they play, they take it we're all taking the game forward and evolving and that's only good for English cricket. When England win, then we've got to keep inspiring the nation.
1: Nico, thank you so much indeed for your time. Well done again and the very best of luck against Derbyshire next week. Thank you. That was Leicestershire head coach Paul Nixon. You're listening to the cricket collection on TalkSport Two with me, Neil Manthorpe and Durham Hall of Famer Steve Harmerson. Okay, let's um, move to your home county. Sussex beating Durham by two wickets I must say that um, Durham walked the walk And they uh, were talking uh, a big game Talking about uh, adopting this positive approach And they did it all I, I think you know, a little bit like Yorkshire They seem to make the running But uh, they've ended up losing a thriller by two wickets, Tommy Yeah, and it's
2: a it's a good game It really was a good game Both sides went to win the game Bobby talked about it a couple of weeks ago That he wanted to Bring a brand of cricket that was for winning and not just producing players. Um, and fair play to Sussex—they held a nerve at the end and and got themselves over the line. If Durham have this mentality between now and the end of season, they'll win. They'll win more the games and they'll lose. But fair play, Sussex! What a what a fantastic victory that is against against Durham and some of their good young players performed. It wasn't wasn't all about the likes of Pajara and you know, obviously held them together in that held them together in that first innings his captain but you manners you like lower order runs in that first inning Sussex the lower order runs of you like McAndrew Carson even sort of Darton in the first innings but in both innings the thorn in Durham's side was was a waykeeper Carter he he only got 40 and a 30 but they were winning 40s and 30s that got Sussex over the line so fair play to Sussex it was good to see Carson playing a first class match for a while young McKinney getting his um, first class debut, England under nineteen captain, um, and it's good. Nice to see Alex Lee score and runs, and he scored them at a good lick as well. So trying to prove that he's not just a Billy blocker, he can hit it. Um, because he he wants to get that message across. He did tell me a couple of weeks ago that he wanted to get the message across that he he still has an international future, and there's good signs for me on both sides there. That I think Sussex aren't going to be like Leicester, a whipping boy again, um, and Durham. I think if they're continuously to try and win the game, then I think like I said before, Ryan Campbell's side will win more than it's lose. Unfortunately on this one, they just come out on the on the wrong side of a, a, a close
1: game, a good game. Okay. Worcestershire, another well, I suppose not unfashionable county, but uh, a county that's been underperforming perhaps in the for for a couple of years. They beat Derbyshire by eight wickets, a pretty high scoring game that uh, two teams going head to head. And I enjoyed following that one, Mickey Arthur's positive style of cricket at Derbyshire. But, you know, Worcestershire, I think, haven't been spoken about much. Matthew Waite, Jake Libby, both hitting tons. And as I said, uh, prevailing in a high-scoring game.
2: Yeah, I'm pleased for Matthew Waite. In A little bit what, Nick, I was saying before there, talking about players on the fringe of first-class counties, uh, the big boys, you know, and I call them big-time Charlies. I'm not saying Waite is a, a big-time Charlie, but what I'm saying about Matthew Waite was, he wasn't happy by sitting on the edge at Yorkshire. When I went to Yorkshire at the start of last season to help Goffey out, I spent a lot of time with Matthew Whit and what a lovely lad he is. He really wanted to work on his game, wanted his game to be better. He probably was a bit part on the fringe of, of Yorkshire County Cricket Club. And instead of sitting there with the tracksuit on, picking a few quid and going, I'm, I'm happy being at Yorkshire, He's gone for possibly less money. Gone down to Worcestershire. I want to, I want to be a, a proper first-class cricketer um, and show that I, I've got skills. And he's gone and got four wickets. I think he got four wickets in the first innings. He got hundred in, in a in a match-winning game. So I was really, that was really pleased to see Matthew Witt do well last week. Libby's a good player. He has been. We've we've talked about him quite a bit on the on the collective over the last couple of years. You know, he's got serious numbers when he uh, he gets off to a good start and, you know, Worcester have, have got off to a good da- good start down there in the West Country and it's always, it's always good when Worcester are doing well because it's a great county, isn't it, man? For me, it's the best of my trip <laughs> on the circuit. You can walk to the ground in the morning. It's perfect. You can walk back by about 15 different pubs, but <laughs> by the time you get to the city centre where your you on, um, it's just, a, it's just a lovely place to go and play cricket and see them go off to a good start.
1: OK, I mentioned that Root had begun his season with 100. I was, of course, referring to Billy. And Kieran Carlson's another cricketer that we've talked about a lot uh, in the last couple of seasons. Both began their seasons with hundreds. Uh, High-scoring draw between Glamorgan and uh, Gloucestershire and Australian opener Marcus Harris, who is, I think, being earmarked to open in the Ashes um, ahead of David Warner. He scored a match-saving 148 for Gloucestershire, as well as a 50 in the first innings. So I I think, do you remember, uh, well, no, it was just last week, I think, uh, George Bailey was asked about David Warner's future and whether he would play in the Ashes, and he said, very clearly and categorically, we are backing David for the World Test Championship final. Uh, so, th- so that that was interesting. I think Marcus Harris being lined up there to to open in the Ashes. Anyway, lots of thoughts there. Yeah,
2: seeing some of the the footage of the Carlson Inns in played beautifully down the ground you know, and threw extra cover. One or two fantastic punches off the back foot. He, this kid can play. It. We we spoke about in the last two years. You know, early season. Um, I think it was not last season. The season before he got off. He got off to a flying start. He got out of the blocks. And he's got a lot of runs for, for Glamorgan. He just sees him just petered out. But and yeah, he's had added responsibility. He's been captain in one day cricket. Um it's good to see Billy get Billy Root get a get hundred. and he's he's gone from knots down to, to Glamorgan and as always he's enjoying himself down in, in the Welsh Capital. And yeah, you know, fingers crossed for it's a big year for Glamorgan, I think. There's been a lot of talk about 100 hundred franchise that's in, in Wales hasn't really worked mm-hmm. now got my cussie. I know it's not connected to the Morgan County Cricket Club, but it's the, the area itself and getting people back in to enthusiasm of, of cricket in, in Wales, in that area. And Carlson got an excellent knock. And Harris, yeah, thought that myself exactly matters. When I seen the score and seen Harris had got 100, thought, ooh, J V Warner playing IPL cricket will not be very happy that Marcus Harris has just got another 100 in England. With the way David Warner's been playing and his numbers at this minute in time. He is going to play in the ashes for me, Warner. He's got to start in the ashes. There's no reason to bring him over. Um, and if he hasn't been tied by now, he feels as though he'll feel as though he's going to come. I, I can't see Australia bringing David Warner and not playing him um, because of the baggage that goes with pantomime villain that comes over. I think Warner comes, and if Warner comes, he plays. But if you've got the likes of Harris and Hanscom, I know it says he's got an English passport, but good luck with that one, Nico. It really is good luck with that one, trying to get that one across in an ashes, yeah. What I will say is on the Hanscom one, not to go back too far, but if he is now scoring hundreds and he's keeping wicket, he could be an option of, of batting at number six, number seven for Australia behind or in and around Cameron Green instead of Alex Carey. If you've got a 100-maker in England scoring runs, keeping wicket, I think it would just bolster that lower middle order if
1: Hanskin decides to go down that route as well. So, good signs for Australia this week as well. OK, I've thought for a long, long time that uh, Tom Latham, the New Zealander, is one of the most underrated or underappreciated cricketers in uh, the international game, and um our mate Gareth Batsy obviously thinks the same because he signed him for the county championship games in, in June and July. I really think Latham's a terrific cricketer. Test average in the mid-40s, scores runs all over the world, multi-format as well. Uh, so, yeah, that was a, a notable signing again from uh, Surrey. Bats is, uh, is brilliant, isn't he? So um, a thought on that. But also, uh, this is a, a subject that I know that we'll you'll have uh, plenty to say on. The ECV looking at offering multi-year central contracts in a bid to further exercise control over their best players. And exercise in futility is my view. Mm. <laughs> it's a You can't control them. I think we've established that. No, I don't think you can control them.
2: I think you have to work with them. I said this during my selectors meeting that I think you've got to produce a contract which is the best for you. Not. Anything else you can't control if a player wants to go off and play somewhere else. If that's a the case, then fine, I, I can't do anything about that. Whether it is multi year contracts, whether it is a, a lower baseline contract with a higher performance, you know, from a higher performance fee when it comes to, you know, if you are playing in a squad that players goes on tour, the fee is three, four times more than it is now, and, and not paying the You know the retainer as as a high fee and giving players options to go and play franchise cricket, like Rob Key has let them, then I think that would work. But it's making sure that the contract works for the ECB. And I'm not saying that it's to control the players because you can't control players. Now, it it doesn't work. There's far too much money in the game. But if you can work with the player to make sure that the IPL is probably the only one where uh, you can't stop a player from going, if the rest of the time the likes of the PSLs and the Bangladesh Premier Leagues and the Big Bashers, you are know, the American League that's coming around the corner, if your fees for a, a, a game of cricket, which is on at the same time, is close to that or within reason of that, then hopefully the player will choose representing their country over representing the franchise. And if the player doesn't want to do that, then as an ECB, I can't control that. I can't do anything about that. If he's going to go and play for an extra honey. kit, in Pakistan Super League that's fine, that's his choice, let him go there's nothing we can do about that he, he would have gone for 5 five grand more and than like 20 grand more, that's just the way that player wants to go at. But I'm consistent with my message is we're trying to give it the best possibly you can, best deal possible for the ECB and if somebody wants to break ranks and go, then there's nothing I can do about it, but at least give the players you know, a, a bit more of a chance when it comes to the decision-making is not as as easy as probably what it is now. Like Alex Shields going because he's contracted the PSL was massive compared to what the ECB were paying for three bilateral one-day internationals. So I can see it from both sides. But I think if the ECB get it right, then all of a sudden they bring the pool of players back into their favour rather than... The, the big one for me at the minute is the American one. Because the American one could blow the ECB away because that's the only one that's in our summer and if we start losing our england players in our summer then all of a sudden what is that going to do to 18 first class counties nine franchises in the hundred and the blast that could have a a real yeah negative effect so there's some there's always big questions for the ecb but for me if they get the, they've got to get the central contract system right if they do get it right then they keep everybody at bear apart from ipl then I don't see there being too much of an issue.
1: Okay, just worth mentioning that Marcus Harris does have a central contract with Cricket Australia. Peter Hanscom doesn't. And the final word this week, Army goes to Yash Dayal, who was left with the task of defending 29 <laughs> in the final over, and he was bowling to Rinku Singh of the Kolkata Knight Riders, who would be a bowler now. Manners, like you mentioned, you have
2: mentioned before the, the Yorker, the wide Yorker. You don't quite get it right. It turns into a low full toss. The way they hit them now of extra covers ridiculous. And then when they had that grump when they had that mother's meeting in the middle, it seemed to make him worse. And then who told him to bowl the slower balls? A uh, lot. he was gone. The minute the second six went out of the park, yeah, you can see from a bowling point of view, there the way his rabbit headlights, yeah, the whites of his eyes were flickering and he had no he just wanted to get off the field as quick as he could. But bad player, what? Some ridiculous striking. But if there were uh, balls to hit for six in a slot, like you'd want them to be hit, well, uh, even me, 22 yards away, well, I reckon I would hit at least
1: one, possibly two out of them,
2: five for six, never mind all five.
1: You've been listening to the Cricket Collective on Talksport 2 with me, Neil Mathub and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed. Available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back at the same time next week to look back at the second round of the county championship, amongst other stories. But for now, this has been the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2.